This is a trigger warning. This episode includes mention of rape and sexual assault. Listener discretion is advised. Hi, thanks for tuning in. I'm Fariza and this is a special recording of Frankly My Dear. This is not a full episode but rather a follow-up of the episode before this about Sarah and her rape and the events that followed after. If you haven't listened to that episode, I suggest you do first before you continue because this episode will make references to that recording that I had with her. Um, To summarize, Sarah was raped by a very close male friend a few years ago. Since then, she's cut off contact with him, then started a friendship again, then a romantic relationship with him, and then finally broke off all ties with him. She made a police report The case is still under investigation and that's why we've had to hide her identity. At the end of the recording, you would hear that um, when we were talking about the reaction from her father who found out about the rape and the police report, Sarah became visibly distraught. Towards the end, I decided to stop recording. Um, I stepped out of the studio so that she and Alex could get some privacy, get some composure And when we resumed recording, I asked her if she wanted to continue. I said, we can stop here or you can can keep recording. And she wanted to continue. And it struck me that this woman who has gone through just the worst ordeal ever in her life, right, had the strength to continue to tell her story so that other people can hear about it, um, learn about it, and and so she could get the closure that she's been looking for all this while. She was crying, Uh, you've heard that at the end of the episode, but she was trying to regain her composure, but I decided that I would not take advantage of the situation to elicit more response from her. I know that there are some podcasts that keep recording and see it through the end, but I personally felt that the right thing to do was to stop, um, even if there was no proper ending or conclusion to this story. So when the interview was over, I got Alex to say a few words. I spent some time talking to the couple a little bit more um, I could see that they are very much in love that Alex is Sarah's pillar of strength and vice versa and this entire experience from the assault to the aftermath has clearly taken a toll on their mental and emotional state uh, but not their spirit they want justice for Sarah but by the looks of it it looks like it's going to be a long drawn fight what struck me was that after all of this, right, they looked at me and then they asked if I was okay. And I was surprised because I was thinking, shouldn't they be worried about themselves? Surely, you know, Sarah is the one who needs our care at this moment in time. And I was just the host of a podcast. And I was really moved by it. But I, and I don't know if they realized it. Um, because that to me is kindness, even in adversity and sadness. Sarah was retelling her story and yet she was concerned about me. I texted Sarah a few days after the recording and then I asked her if she wanted to say some final words to women who have gone through or are going through what she had. I wanted her to feel that her story with us um, ends with strength and hope and resilience. She said she would spend some time to think about it. Um, She finally texted me and had this to say. So this is me telling you um, what Sarah said to me. 
The only thing that really gets me through each day is that I'm still here and I'm still pushing through. It's so easy to hate yourself and your body for what you went through and continue to go through every day, to go through past decisions and wish you had chosen differently. But there is so much strength in just waking up and choosing the present over the past. Some days I look back and I'm not quite sure how I made it through the past couple of years. As survivors, we've had strength to do whatever it is we've needed to keep fighting each day. And we are strong enough to make it through another and the days to come. Whatever our choices are, whether to seek justice or even just fully acknowledge and allow ourselves to come to terms with the trauma we've been through, there is strength in all of it. And I think it's just so important to see that. Apart from reminding them of the sheer strength survivors have, I want them to know that there are people who will listen, resources to get help, and just a life to make the best of. Our struggles may make us feel so isolated, but we don't have to struggle alone. And that was Sarah's words to me, and that's also her words to you. At the end of the episode, I also asked um, Alex about his thoughts. He has seen Sarah at her most vulnerable Um, And as a lawyer in training and also her boyfriend, his perspective is very unique and also important. For sexual assault survivors, having social support, people who advocate for them is important. And for Sarah, this is Alex. And this is what he had to say. It's always been from a theoretical perspective. Because, um, you know, in law school and everything, you hear and read about it. It's the whole process, right? Criminal justice system. But um, from theory versus reality, it's a whole other ballgame, especially with somebody whom you are emotionally attached with. It happened, sure, but that is one thing. But what's going on right now? uh, There have been instances when um, we have tried being intimate and she's curled up into a ball when she gets her PTSD uh, full on an attack, right? And um, what really shook me awake as to her condition was while she's going through the attack, she, her, her saying, um, stop it, it hurts. I don't want this. Stop it, it hurts. It was repetitive. And what I could glean from that was that she was not talking to me. This was a rehashment of what she had said to the rapist mm-hmm. in the time that she has acquaint- been acquainted with him. Mm-hmm. And that's what made me really angry when somebody is clearly telling you exactly what they're feeling. Mm-hmm. There's no way you can mistake it because, you know, there's this... Lawyers are like to play in the grey area a lot, right? So, you know, you can always go with the assumption that, uh, oh, he bona fide believed that he had consent. Mm-hmm. Bro, no. This girl is clearly upset and telling you to stop. There's no way that you can mistake it for anything than what it is. So, putting all that together, I just got the entire impression that this person is a despicable human being, an excuse for a man, honestly. To some extent, I guess uh, your parentage also 
matters. Like um, Sarah once even told me, after she managed to uh, escape from him, the rapist's father tried making a move on her. So he, it's a whole uh, cesspool of uh, crap that the family, yeah. From a mother who would run to protect her son after he has been accused of sexual assault to a father who would do such a thing. It's not surprising that he's turned out the way he is. So that is a social factor. But that is me looking at it from a third party's perspective, isn't it? But from the perspective of boyfriend and, uh, you know, we are quite close and we are looking at next steps in our lives as well. And um, it's more of her getting the justice that she deserves and that she has put it away for so long because she hasn't understood that this is what's owed to her by him, by society and everything that we uphold as a country. Because uh, when I was overseas, you know, all my studies and etc., it's always been this case that I've mentioned time and time again is that I could let my sibling, who's a female, go out late at night and come home safe because Singapore is safe. Our law protects our women. But the truth of the matter is, that's just because of the social circle I had surrounded myself with at that point. It just seemed such that, well, it was my fault for meeting decent people, I guess. There were a lot of assholes out there. And women are not really as safe as you would like to think, as I'd like to think at that point. Because we subscribe to the Indian criminal system as the basis for our criminal system. We borrow piecemeal from all over the world without quite accommodating it for our own situations. Like, for instance, the whole maternal, uh, matrimonial rape concept that just got changed up now. The, the UK did it, what, decades ago. We've understood time and time again that no means no. Why is it so difficult for people to understand this? Right? Like, even in a marriage, just because, you know, you put a ring on it doesn't mean anything goes. And if, more so when you don't have one on it. Like, she, firstly, she's not property. She's a person. And that is the most important thing that I hope everyone who hears this understands. No matter your relationship, she's somebody's daughter, she's somebody's sister. She's somebody. Full stop. And, uh, yeah, I will hope that the justice system that we all like to believe works, works. I'd like to end this episode by bringing attention to the Sexual Assault Care Centre at AWARE, which provides survivors with crucial services to help them deal with their trauma and make decisions about their next steps. If you need someone to talk to, the SACC is there to provide support. To Sarah, thank you for your story. Your words will have moved someone out there who's been waiting for a sign to speak up. I wish you all the best in your journey to heal. This is Frankly My Dear, I'm Fariza. I'll see you next time.